And I googled a little bit about the business and I realized it was an $800 million business. What they do is go on Google, search for data about private companies, organize them in, in, on their website, and they sell that information for $80 million a year. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy, right? And he, yeah. when he started, his first product was a wheelbarrow. They acquired two companies in the okay. past. Her protein powder was so good, full of vitamin and stuff. Babies can use it. Wow. Moms can give it to their newborn. Gym, you know, fanatics can use it. That's crazy. AI is a double-edged sword, right? Data is everything. And yeah. in the AI age, if you can protect your data, you will do well. But if yeah. you can't, when the market is right, they can go public and, uh, you know. Hi, Daniel. Hi there. So yeah, well, what are we talking about today? Today, we are going to talk about a business that I came across and I thought it was super fascinating. Okay. Uh, the name of the business is CB Insights. And um, yeah, we can dive in. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Let's do that. Um, I'm actually very interested in, you know, uh, knowing more about businesses, their business model and all those, those kind of nice, nice stuff as well. So yeah, that's a good thing. Um, so where do you, where, where do you want to start? Uh, do you want to, uh, kind of first talk a little bit about the company? Um, you know, just, you know, the, the, the kind of, um, how the company was funded, uh, uh, who, who is the owner of the company, you know, those uh, kind of background stuff. And then maybe later on, we dive into the products and then maybe the market um, and etc. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The, the thing that was very fascinating about this business is, is that it's a data business, right? It's a business that just sells data to people. And the way they do it is, is very fascinating. Like, I didn't even know this could be a business, to be honest with you. <laughs> and wait, how, how did you come across the business first? Everyone will just, yeah. So basically I was watching some podcasts online and this guy came across and, and he was talking about, uh, he was on another podcast, uh, the CEO of the company, I think his, his name is, uh, Anand Sanwal. And, um, he was talking about his business, uh, how he started it and all that. And I'm like, this is interesting, right? Mm. And I Google a little bit about the business and I realized it was an $800 million business. Yeah, in terms of valuation, right? Yeah. yeah, that's the valuation of the business. And they were making 80 million revenue a year. And what they were doing is just, I'm going to simplify it. Um, and if the CEO of this company, Anand, if you see this, don't take this personally, right? But <laughs> I'm going to simplify it as like really dumb it down for the people. But basically what they do is go on Google search for data about private companies, organize them in, in, on their website, and they sell that information for $80 million a year. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's, 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 that, that's crazy. I mean, when you told me about the company, I also did a little bit of kind of Googling around. And really the sound, I mean, they, they, they are really interesting in, you know, how, uh, how, uh, how they package their, their service. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it goes to say that, you know, you can sell everything if you, if you package it well and, you know, have a great story and message the whole thing very, very well. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I've learned a couple of things from watching and doing a little bit of research about uh, CB Inside Company, right? So basically, they started this company back in 2008. If you remember, 2008 in the US was like mm. the financial uh, crash. All the markets were crashing. Real estate was down. Everything was bad in, in the US, right? And Anand was working for, I believe, American Express. I don't know if you, you heard of this company. They provide like a credit card yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he was leading their innovation fund, which is a 50 million fund that they use as uh, their venture capital branch, right? And he was leading that fund at uh, American Express. And from what he said, like he was pretty good. He was like, um, and he felt like if he didn't leave the company at the time, things were so kind of um, good enough where he could relax. Like, but he felt like he would feel bad later on in life that he didn't realize his dream of never starting a company. So. Although he was making good money and everything, he decided this was the time for him to build a company. And the, the other thing that pushed him to start his company was that 
the tools they were using to do their own research um, at his job were kind of subpar. Like they had some subscription with other companies to provide some kind of uh, data on these uh, private tech companies. But the data was just really, really bad. And every time they were trying to study these companies, they will realize that, man, like this data sucks. They, they have to not only, although they are already paying all these subscription fees, right? But yep. the data they were getting, they couldn't trust the data. So some of the, his team members have to go back to Google and kind of verify the, the data. Imagine how frustrating that can be yeah. where you are paying someone to give you the data, but the data just looks really bad or some part of are missing and, and things like that. So you have to go back and do the research all over again. So there was a pain point there. So he decided, okay, let, let me go and figure this out. This could be the, uh, the company that I can start, right? And the other thing was that at the time, he was kind of looking for ideas, right, to build a company. And he was also thinking of like the kind of idea he was exploring before even thinking of this one. One of them was like uh, looking at Subway franchises, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, those are two very, very, what am I saying? Those right, are two right, very right. different things, really. Yeah. Right. So. I thought that was pretty funny that the business he was looking at, then he decided to go this route. So after he quit, he started this company with his own money. So he didn't raise any money at the beginning, right? He, he was basically, he hired a couple of people. He was paying out of pocket with his savings, right? And in 2008, 2009, his company almost went bankrupt. And you, you, you ask why, like, you know, this sounds like a good idea, but well, it was 2008, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Nothing was working. People weren't paying like that. Uh, so they decided to maybe what we can do instead of just focusing on these tech uh, startups and all these things, because all these companies were going down, they were not getting financing and pe people were not interested in buying that data. So what they did was they were pro this because they were doing something similar as well as American Express, right? They started doing some research on credit card uh, usage, right? And when the stock market was tanking and everything like that, those investment firms became interested in what they were doing because this data, the credit card usage data can kind of provide you an overview of the general health of the economy, right? So someone got in touch with them and they were able to find some people to buy their research, like the crazy cat data research. Mm -hmm. So that's how they started. They started making a little bit of money and the, the company didn't go bankrupt. No, not, really, that's uh, interesting for kind of the entrepreneurs out there. Uh, it's all about finding a problem first. You find a problem right. and then, you know, you, 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 you try to solve it. So yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. And regarding the data stuff, you know, as someone that, you know, has worked in uh, consulting, uh, that's something, you know, we kind of uh, face a lot. And uh, especially when you are working on, you know, uh, countries where, you know, there are very limited data on those companies, you, 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 you really struggle and the data that you get, even though you paid for them, you know, you know, the process that they use to collect those data and sometimes right. you just don't trust them. Yeah. Uh, so that's a really good one. You know, what was the next step then for them uh, uh, after, you know, selling their first kind of research, you know, how did the company go uh, kind of forward basically? Yeah. After, after they sold, after they, they started selling the credit card information, they started making a little bit of money. So they started focusing on what they set out to do in the first place, which was collecting data on tech companies, like private tech companies, startup companies, and uh, just organizing that data in a way that is very, very accessible to anyone, basically. And by anyone, I mean people who are interested in that kind of data, like uh, venture capital, merger and acquisition firms and all sort of private equity firms or even people who just wanted to invest in the market or buy small companies right anybody who is interested in buying some kind of companies or mm. studying the tech market can be a, a user of, yep. of uh, this product yeah so yeah. they started by just you know collecting data like scraping the web finding information and uh, later on, they automated all that process with uh, some machine learning. And uh, 
on the side, right, to acquire customers at the beginning, what they were doing is that they would reach out to media companies, the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, all those guys. And uh, if those people were writing about this company or this company or this product, they will provide those media companies with some of the data that they have. Yep. And that data, whenever they, they provide it for free, actually, they provide yep. it for free. And they ask the journalists to kind of put their link mm -hmm. in in the in the article that they write so with time people will read those articles and be like oh what is this cb insight link right and they'll yeah. click on it and that's how they will acquire customers so that's how people were able to find them and know that they ex exist right yeah yeah and once they the that's kind of the hook you click on the link as a customer you go to their website and they give you a free trial they give you a free trial and uh, you start, you know, once you start using the free trial, they will get on a call with you and then sell you the product. I see. Right? I see. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, study, you know, that's actually smart and yeah. uh, uh, really, you know, is, I mean, for, you know, all the entrepreneurs is no, um, I mean, the first thing to do is not, is not to run after profit, right? Based on, you know, the kind of entrepreneur playbook is just first you need to gain a little bit of market share, get yourself you know known on the on the market and they seem to have done uh, really really well so yeah kudos to them yeah 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 um so i mean in terms of uh i mean let's talk a little bit about their product now i mean what uh, kind of services do they do they provide exactly i i know you know you touch a little bit on that in terms of you know the data how they you know the clean up the data make it very digestible and then sell it to uh, to people what kind of services exactly to be you know do they do they provide? Based on my research, I was able to see about four different types of offering yep. that they provide to their customers. The first one is their platform. Just think of it as a website, right? It's a way for their users to interact with their data. Imagine you have all this data. You save it somewhere in a database, right? And um, to provide a way for users to actually consume this data, you need some kind of interface. So they yep. have a, a, a platform or a website where people will go and log in and they can basically search for all these private companies. They can search for any sub-market in the tech, tech space. They can see how much um, venture capital has provided to that segment of the market over a period of time. So they have all this charge, all this information mm -hmm. about almost... Yep every tech company that you can think of right so that's one of the aspects of their offering i can go a little bit in in detail but i don't know how much detail I, uh, to go in so that i don't bore people yeah but yeah. one or two things that i would mention right mm. you can compare this product as uh, to crunchbase if anybody has ever used crunchbase you can go on crunchbase today type the name of a startup and you can see maybe the people who are running the company right? You can see the people who invested in the company, how much they raised, the different product that they are offering and stuff like that. So they are, they are doing that. And they, they have all these backlinks that can take you from one, um, one product page to the other. And they have also information about who is running the company. And one interesting thing that I've also seen is that they are able to rate some of these companies and their management team and I thought that was so clever because if you look at anybody or any other company operating in this, in this segment, they are not really offering that. Like Crunchbase, yep. for example, it doesn't offer you a rating whether this company is a good company mm -hmm. or not. But yep. think of someone who is like a, a venture capitalist or a private equity firm, right? Mm -hmm. Who is looking at this data and maybe some of this data is overwhelming or he, he wants to compare this company to this company because they kind of do the same thing, right? Yeah. But the differentiating factor might be that this management team is from Google and this management team, we never heard of them, right? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that can make a difference for people who are investing or, and making these big, big bets. So, um, yeah, they, they offer something like that, that allows them to kind of rate these companies as well. 
On every company profile, I can see hundreds of data points ranging from its financial overview, transactions they've made, who their competition is, and the business relationships they have in place. But what I can also see is a mosaic score. Predicting startup success is about far more than just financial metrics. This is our proprietary score that can predict the future success of a company. And to date, our analysts have used it to predict 75% of unicorns. Mosaic looks at four things. Momentum. We factor in key partnerships, news mentions, and sentiment that push a company forward. Market. This weighs the financings, exits, and amount of investors in that particular area. Money. Company funding, burn rate, and its financial positioning relative to its industry peers. And lastly, management mosaic. This is the first ever algorithm to demystify the quality of a startup's founding and management team. We analyze all of the outcomes people have achieved in the past to predict how well they can execute in the future. All four of these combined to produce a score to benchmark companies against. You can not only use Mosaic to compare companies across the entire market, but also in different stages too. To not only help you assess the health of the big players today, but also predict the ones of tomorrow. Something else I think they, they, they do as well, or they offer is they are, they are research, right? They have analysts on, on their team that run this um, research on some of these companies. For example, an analyst can write something about AI and how the whole um, niche of AI is progressing. I see. Right? I see. The whole thing is is very interesting because I also spend you know a little bit of time you know trying to understand what what they do and uh, you know the the kind of services that you point you pointed out uh, are some of the ones that I also found really, really interesting and for me the the key thing is uh, you know providing just data is I would say easy no I would say easier comparing to you know like the story or the so what. Um, about the data because a lot of data can mean different things but providing the so what that's the value add really and that's what i found really fascinating and things around you know uh, their uh, how they provide uh, market mapping uh, competition landscape understanding and all those things are very very useful and for the fee that they are charging that's you know quite cheap comparing to what you will get uh, uh, from um you know, consulting companies that will charge you a lot for, for, for those things. So for me, the so what bit was one of the, the kind of things that was very, very, um, yeah, what, what was very, very good for me. And beside that, um, the, the kind of predictive part of things, because, uh, when I went to the website, I felt like they are moving a little bit toward business analytics. I know that their core business is like business intelligent, but when you start kind of trying to get into the predictive part of things, which is uh, trying to get the outlook of how a sector is going to be performing, how, um, you know, a, a company is going to be performing in the future and et cetera, et cetera. That goes into the predictive part of things. And a lot of companies are not doing that. So that's, those are the two things that I found very, very interesting. The so what, and then the predictive analysis part. So, um, yeah, I mean, regarding the product, do you think there are something else we, we need to cover? I'm, I'm yeah. just flicking through. As far as a way to also market their, their product, I already told you about one where they're contacting the media companies. Yeah. They also had a, a newsletter um, mm-hmm. yep. offering. And they, because they, they, in their newsletter, they were, they were giving very good detailed explanation or coverage about all these businesses. Their newsletter became extremely popular. These days, I think they, they've passed more than a million uh, subscribers on their newsletters. What they are doing is that some of these, these interviews, they will take some of the data that they, they thought were very pertinent to people and they will feature them in the newsletter. Also, the, the market mapping that you talked about, where <laughs> they will present companies in a certain market, show which one is the best, which one is doing well, which one is not doing well. They will talk about all those things, but they will package the whole information in a certain way that for people who didn't even know that some of these companies existed or what this company did, they were learning about that in the newsletter. I see. So I think see. about it. I have a newsletter of 1 million people, 1 million people, let's say 50% are opening my email every, every mm-hmm. day or every week, right? If I am a company, I'm a private company, that means not a lot of people know about me. 
Yeah. And I have an opportunity to be in front of 500,000 people that yeah, are maybe investors, mm-hmm. maybe people who want to buy my product, maybe venture, uh, private equity, like all these people in finance, right? Who can be beneficial to me is a no brainer. Uh, based on all the things you've said, you know, the company is, is a really good one. It's quite interesting. And in terms of the market that they are playing in is, is just, you know, the, uh, the business intelligence uh, market. So that's really their core market. Right. And actually that's, that's quite a big market, you know, uh, worldwide. And, um, you know, it was, um, uh, estimated in, in, in 2021 around, uh, uh, 23, $23 billion, which is, which is quite big. And the market is growing, you know, pretty fast as well. It's a fast growing market and it's predicted to grow around like 7% in the, in the coming five years. And it will reach around like 35 billion in, um, around like 2028. So they are well positioned in a, in a, in a, in a good market. And really this market is kind of, you know, driven by the first kind of thing that's driving the market is about the, you know, the popularity or the rising popularity of, uh, the fact that every company want to use data now to make, you know, more, you know, reliable um, business decisions, whether it is you know, to, to to cut cost uh, or uh, reduce their, uh, just solve the problems that they have or become more efficient and overall just, you know, to get a better bottom line, right? So right. Uh, that's, you know, the main driver of the market. And that, that would be like the demand part of things. And beside that, you have, you know, the supply part of things as well, uh, which has been helping this, this market a lot. And that will be mainly, you know, the strong um, IT infrastructure that we have uh, now with, you know, last time I believe we talked about the GPU uh, kind of scarcity. Right. And um, that plays, a, you know, a, a big part in, in this because, you know, you have to use AI, machine learning, and you need a GPU to do that. And, you know, 10 years ago, you know, the GPU capability wasn't good. So now it's, it's really good. So that has helped quite a, quite, quite a lot, lot as well. And uh, the last one I would say is, you know, the availability of data. You know, a few years ago, there was, you know, no data at all. I mean, in most countries that, you know, there were, you know, very, very few data. But these days, there are more and more data. People spend a lot of time on online. So uh, Google has been doing, I don't want to say a good <laughs> job, but Google has been, you know, uh, capturing a lot of data. There are a lot of data right. out there. There are social media and stuff. So, yeah, they there's a lot of data there, basically. So those are, you know, the drivers of their market. But the things that I just described, those are just, you know, kind of background information that don't mean much if you don't put them in the right context. So regarding right. CB Insights, you know, what, what is very, very uh, interesting is the fact that they are not like a big player of that market. If you take, you know, the business intelligence market, which is quite big, yeah. they're not a big player. The thing for them is the fact that they have carved out like a, a market niche for themselves in right. which they, they are playing. So if you take the business intelligence market, you will see that there are many sectors. So, uh, right. you know, some there'll be a focus on, you know, some company will be in, let's say, in healthcare. Others will be, I don't know, consumer or others right. will be trying to do everything. But then they've decided to just focus on, you know, tech. exactly tech, everything around investment, private equity. And also they've been very, very, uh, kind of focus in terms of customers uh, regarding the ones that I just named before. So everything right. regarding, you know, private equity, angel investment, and also corporate strategy. So those are the yeah. key kind of things that they are playing yeah. around. And beside those, they are not involved in you know, anything, anything else. So they have a very good niche in which they are very, very well positioned. If you look at the markets as a whole, you will think like, you know, they are a very small company. Because if you were to compare them with, you know, the large ones, for example, let's say, yeah. I don't know, they... Uh, Gartner, they, for example, exactly. is, is a big one. I just checked out their market cap. Yeah. They are a public company. Gartner is a co- public company. They operate mm. in a lot of um, sectors. It's exactly. not just tech, like mm-hmm. a lot of sectors, but a lot of big companies use them. When I used to work at Salesforce, CEO will always uh, come out and say, hey, we've been uh, rated in this magic quadrant of Gartner or something like that. I never understood what it meant, but uh, <laughs> while I was going through this research, I noticed that, okay, these are things that these big tech companies care about, um, you know, and Gartner doesn't just operate in, in tech, they operate in other sectors as well. But Gartner's yeah. market type is at $25 billion. 
That yeah. is a very big company. Those kind of big corporations, I don't know, the, the, the Garden of this world, the Microsoft Corporation, because Microsoft does a lot of uh, business intelligence as well, S, uh, SAP, SaaS, you know, all those big ones. So it's it's very, very different and it will be unfair to compare, you know, those to um, a CB Insight. Yeah, but I mean, I, I was saying before that the market is growing really well. I mean, the market is predicted or, you know, expected to grow uh, really, really, really well, you know, in the coming years, there is a little bit of kind of, but because there are, you know, challenges on the market as well. And really, I think the main one is about data. Uh, earlier, I said that, you know, there are more data available, but, you know, if you are, let's say, CB, a CB Insight, for example, finding all those data and then having, you know, those right source of data all the time is a struggle. I think that's right. one area in which they will be kind of investing a lot of money. Yes. So and, and I think, yeah. Yeah. I, and I want to add that they actually have invested money in, in, in this. They, yes. they acquired two companies in the okay. past. Yeah. Um, that were already in this space. One of them is um, a company called Block Data and another one con- called Venture Source. And they both acquired, the, they acquired both in 2020. One was in July, that was Venture Source, and the other one was in September, that was Block Data. Block Data, I think, they also in the market in te- uh, intelligence sector, yep. and they also provide information about blockchain, crypto, and all those things. Yeah, yeah. And Venture Source, which is I think is the bigger the bigger company, was doing quite similar to what uh, CB Insight was doing. Yeah, they had data points about a data set. Basically, they have a data set uh, uh, that included about hundred thousand private companies and five hundred thousand plus business leaders and seven thousand plus service providers. That's, and uh, this include like investment investment banking mm. and law firms and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's actually quite 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 a lot of data. Because I mean, if you've yep. done any research on private companies before, you'll know that it's very very difficult to find information around. You it's know. very difficult to find <laughs> any information. Yeah, it is. It, it's very it, difficult. It is really difficult. So, yeah, um, yeah. I, th- I think that's like one of their major uh, uh, challenges. Uh, beside that one, what I would say is uh, the integration uh, side of things. Now, many of their customers and customers in general, in terms of tech, they love, you know having their solutions integrated to current solution that they are using or you know, current tools that they are using. So making sure that their solution uh, or their services kind of in, uh, kind of integrate very seamlessly with uh, all their customer solution is, is, is a big point as well. So that, yep. that's something and, and, in which they'll be. Yeah. yeah and, and I want to add that they've actually have solution for that as well. When you compare what they've done, with mm. their competitors, most of their competitors don't have this. But yeah. this is what they've done. They've, uh, if you go to their website, you see that they have uh, an API which allows you, like, you can sign up and become uh, a user of the API. I'm sure it's not free. You have to jump through some hoops, but you can become a user of the API, and basically, you can, if you're a company, you can integrate their data into your own tools. So let's think of something like Salesforce, Salesforce, which is a CRM solution, right? Mm-hmm. Where you are using it for sales and uh, a managing contract and stuff like that. Or even buying a software solution, right? And they already have integration done for these things like Salesforce. So okay. you can download or install their application on the Salesforce platform and you can literally query or have information about some of these companies that. Your, your company is already dealing with having information about them you, and have like contact names and stuff like that. People who already work in the company that you might need to contact to, to have uh, uh, information or, or discuss sales or mm. other stuff with, right? Yeah. So that's mm. one thing. They, they have like, uh, they are also integrated with Teams, mm. uh, Slack. Uh, even they have like a Chrome plugin, plugin yeah. and, you know, you don't have to go to their website and, and do whatever you need to do. Yeah. And yeah, if you good. are not satisfied with that, and if you have your your on-premise software that you've built for your company, mm. you can, you know, interface with the API and pull the data right from there into your own software and see it there as well. So exactly. they, yeah, they've, they've, they've 
they've been around for a while since two, yeah. 2008 that's almost 15 years right mm-hmm. so they they've covered a lot of ground that yeah. their yeah. competitors haven't done um, yeah that's actually quite uh, quite good in terms of what they've done and uh, i was talking about challenges right and the, the last one i would say is about you know the skills or the the, the people that they have so uh, you know they need to be you know the best one and uh, in the uh, in the business intelligence market uh, skill force is something that's very very important so making sure that you have you know good ones and keep them is is uh, is really really good but overall well, you know what we've been saying here is that they are in a very good uh, uh, market which is the business intelligence one which is you know uh, um, expected to grow uh, uh, really really well uh, you know, in the coming years, and they've carved out a niche for themselves by focusing on um, everything regarding insight on private companies and startups for you know all the people in investment and strategy related function. So uh, that's that's their focus, and uh, you know they seem to be doing really really well in terms of positioning on the market. So I don't know if you have anything to to add on you know, their market side of things. I would like us to talk a little bit about the kind of customers that are using their products right yeah so yeah. let let me just uh mention one thing that i think is, is quite important as well uh, before we jump into the customer so one thing that's very very kind of important is you know this whole ai trend that we are witnessing and uh, leveraging ai is 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 really really key in what they are doing actually and that's something yep. I, I i've seen that they are you they are they, they are doing and really continuing to do that is, is really really important because it seems like ai is the future really right so yeah uh, you know you, this trend they need to be on top of this trend and uh but yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk uh, about yeah I, I also like to add to that fact that <laughs> this is for anybody who is in the data business today right this is a, a very scary time for them as well ai is a double-edged sword right it can be good when you when you are using it for yourself but when you, when you have big companies like OpenAI that is scraping the web and cop- and basically processing using all the internet data and extracting information from it like taking books even right people have written books have written research papers they are taking all that so in this day and age if you are in the data business you have to be data is everything and yeah. in the AI age if you can protect your data, you will make, you will do well. But if yeah. you can't get, you know, hacked or you are not protective of your data, you, you leave it out there and, you know, the crawlers on the, on, on the internet can access it. Yeah. Then your data is no longer relevant because yeah. it can be accessed without even talking to you. Basically, exactly. exactly. It, it can be accessed in a very efficient way. Yeah, exactly. That, that's actually a very, very good point. I think I will even put that into into threat, right? And me, I think before I talk a little bit about them, you know, going into more of you know the so what of the data, right? That's the right. part that the AI, AI can't do. I mean, AI can analyze the data, but AI right. predicting the future and and really giving the so what of the of the of the data ai can't do that right. uh, ai can't properly do the, the the market mapping and making sure that people really really understand the market those are things that are very very difficult for the ai to do so you know investing more on those services they are reporting things that you know add value to customer instead of just providing you know the 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 raw not, not the raw but the polished data is is very important but yeah yeah so let's uh, talk about customers now yeah i know you said AI i can't do it but it's just a matter of time i'm gonna tell you right now <laughs> at work people are talking about not needing data scientists anymore because chat GPT can can do some of their their jobs right so and i'm not lying to you this is a real threat this is a real threat today right you can literally take a screenshot of a, a chart or 10 charts, if you want, put it in chat GPT and chat GPT will explain exactly what is going on. I'm talking about a picture, not even type something, upload the picture to chat mm-hmm. GPT and chat GPT will tell you that, yeah. okay, this is what is happening in, in this. This is the trend that I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. It can do that. So if you have data today and you are saying that only human can write a report 
I would argue against it. Maybe yeah, they, I mean, they might not, not be able to write. Yes, they can. He can predict the future, right? He can, like, but he can do as good of a job as a human in cert on certain topics, in certain scenarios. So, what what I would say is that for certain scenarios, as you said, the AI can do quite a decent job. But when it comes to uh, things that are related to Let's say a market mapping, for example. Right. Uh, I'm not sure at this stage AI can do like a market mapping. AI can list, you know, the players, give you, you know, their profile. I think it will be difficult for, for the AI to make all the links that a woman being can make in doing like, uh, uh, um, let's say, a market, let's say, market research or market analysis. I don't think AI can do that really. And you still yeah. need a woman being to do that. And yeah, there are I, many I, things. That, that are involved. You, well, you talk about uh, their analysts, for example, that speak with uh, you know people, right? If you are doing, let's say, a market a market report or reviewing like a market, uh, let's say we are reviewing the consumer market, for example, for I don't know uh, tech. It's not just about you know taking the data online and also um, uh, kind of uh, uh, just you know aggregating those data and then getting you know, polishing them and then trying to create a story is not, it's not only about that. There is an important part, which is about uh, speaking with people. So for all type of market report that I've done in the past, you have to speak to market experts. You can't get that online, really. You need to speak with those people and AI can do that. And that's when for now know, a human being makes the <laughs> difference. So AI can do the job. Uh, that's sitting behind in terms of data crunching, right? Uh, uh, analyzing the data, but making a real sense of the data. That's it's where tough. AI yep. is a little bit behind. Yeah, that, that's what I would say. I, <laughs> we I, ended up talk, talking about AI system. for like, like five making minutes. real sense of the data. A human yeah. still needs to be involved, but yeah, exactly. I, I agree with the general sentiment. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Uh, maybe we'll reach. Maybe AI will reach that kind of uh, stage one day. I hope I'm not going to be alive. But cool. <laughs> yeah, let's dive into the customer. So one of the things that um, the uh, Anand spoke about when he was uh, on one of the, the podcasts was that at the beginning, when, when he started his company, he was charging like a, a monthly fee of like $5.95. And, uh, you know, and, you know, you have all these customers who, who will come in, they will have a lot of requests. They were never happy and stuff like that. And that was kind of even slowing the business down because you will think of uh, maybe like uh, a retail investor who was buying uh, CB Insight and paying $500 a month, right? And at the same time, mm -hmm. you, you have the CEO of JP Morgan, for example, or some, someone who works under him who is also buying the same product. They are both paying the same price, but the retail investor is always on the phone looking for support and complaining about stuff. So <laughs> basically, one of the of higher apps, you know, when you talk about customer um, from on yep. the CB Insights side, to, told Anand that, man, like you have to increase your price because I don't want to be in the same line as as this guy, right? It's like, I, I need your help. I can't get your help because you are helping this guy who, who probably doesn't know really how to use this tool, right? So yeah. they decided to like really increase their price. And from some of the research that I've done, they are, they are kind of charging like 50,000 to 80,000 a year, depending on the, the combination of uh, the offering that you, you are using on their platform. So I was like, man, this is not a cheap product. So definitely when I did uh, like further in my research, the people who are using this product are like some of the, the subscription are like directly coming from bigger companies. I saw like, a video uh, on YouTube where Cornell University was uh, offering this to some of their business uh, students for free and uh, because they already bought the, the subscription. And you have like a big banks yep. and venture capitals as well who, who are using this where 50,000 for them when they are, they are going to spend 30 million to buy something. 50,000 is literally nothing, you know? 
but I, I just think of like, yeah. man, this is a high ticket business. It's not like a, a five ninety nine or ten ninety nine SaaS uh, software as, as a service product that is on the internet. You know. No, you are totally right on that. Uh, even the 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 story that you just told reminded me of uh, one thing that I came across in I don't know. I, I think that was in Good to Great, a Good to Great book. I so it was about it was basically about this lady that was creating a company, right? And she had um, protein powder. Okay. And her protein powder was so good, full of vitamin and stuff that babies can use it. So wow. moms can give it to their newborn. That's crazy. Yeah. And also gym, you know, fanatics can use it. And then, you know, the the veggie people, the vegan, plant-based and whatever <laughs> also can use it. Yeah. And all of them like the product, right? They kind right. of like the product. And this lady was unable to kind of make the product successful. And that's one of the most difficult, um, one of the difficult challenges that, you know, an entrepreneur can have. Meaning that, you know, having a product that a lot of people like a little bit, that's so difficult because you don't know where to, you have to pick one. Right. And you can't right. stick with all of them. So right. you have to pick one. So that's a very difficult thing. I think they managed to do a really, really good job here right. regarding, you know, uh, increasing the price and then get rid of, you know, all those um, uh, customers that were uh, kind of asking for a lot of support and not helping them. But in terms of the big companies that they that are using the product, I mean, I've seen, you know, their success stories as well, some with 3M and some other venture capital and uh, banks on their website. And yeah, they are, they are, they are, they are doing really, really well. And I would say that that's, you know, the kind of genius part of, you know, their business model in terms of focusing on just investment and then a corporate strategy related uh, a function as a as a customer it makes yeah. everything really really focused you know who, who you are targeting and you just you just go directly there yeah. yeah i i i i still think about this right like when, when you're <laughs> even talk, talk, uh, telling me the story about uh, the lady who was uh, producing the protein powder <laughs> i yeah. also it, it made me go back to uh, another podcast I listened to about uh, the creator of the, the Dyson Dyson yeah. mm -hmm. vacuum, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's he, British, right? Yeah. He's British, exactly. And he, yeah. when he started, his first product was a wheelbarrow, like on mm -hmm. that people use on a construction site. And he said that it yeah. was super well designed. He had like success designing that and all that. But the reason why he failed was that it was too cheap, and he noticed that when things are too cheap, people don't respect it and uh, they don't give it like the value that it's supposed to, even if it's something that is useful because it's, mm. it's cheap. I don't know. It's, it's just something with the human consciousness that does that to us <laughs> where like we don't value it as much. And since that <laughs> do, day, do, do you know what? <laughs> since that day, right? Every product that he has launched, he has decided mm -hmm. to that's his business strategy he makes sure that the pro product is kind of overpriced like if you look at any dyson product today right most people cannot buy it like the general population cannot buy it. at least like you're at least like middle class is like some of their vacuum is like 300 400 uh, 400 dollars yeah. right I mean, it depends, right? So what I wanted to say first is that, you know, this whole theory of yours is kind of validating what Apple has been doing by exactly. overcharging everybody <laughs> on, on their phone. <laughs> That's really crazy. But in terms of, you know, the Dyson, um, yeah, I think I, I think you are totally right. But some of their products uh, are not that expensive. I have a vacuum that's Dyson. Uh, but it's, um, it's the one with like a cord, so it's not cordless. So it's right. one with a cord, so it's, it's not trendy, right? It's because everybody's buying, you know, cordless now. So it's a yeah, little bit cheap. Yeah, but when like you compare people. that yeah. same product with the competition, mm -hmm. there is a big gap. Yeah. That's what I, I meant. Like, it's, it's not mm -hmm. that it's okay. out okay. of reach to people, but there is a big gap. Like, mm -hmm. if I'm making, I don't know, oh, I minimum wage, right? Mm -hmm. I'll probably not buy Dyson. I'll buy something that is cheaper. That's what I say. Uh, I'm okay. trying to say. Okay, got right? you. Got you. Yeah, I, I think pri pricing plays, you know, a really, a really big role, right? And uh, for uh, people that 
are kind of uh, kind of launching their business, uh, as we discussed before regarding customers, knowing exactly who is your customer profile is so important. Yeah. Uh, instead of having a product that's liked by uh, one or two, liked by maybe three, you know, three different customer profile, and you don't quite know, you know, which one to to go for. I think yeah. we have, you know, we had similar pro- pro- problem on one of the ventures that we had <laughs> uh, to, to, together, and we were unable to kind of. Yeah, uh, know exactly who were was our customers uh, exactly, and we did we did struggle quite a bit on that. But uh, yeah, uh, so I mean, after the customers, uh, I did do a little bit of research on their competition as well, and really, the 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 most inter- interesting thing here is basically uh, kind of who they compete with in terms of like categories. So this is how I kind of classify them. So first, I have the large corporations, right? The global corporations, uh, which are, you know, the ones that we talked about before, uh, the uh, SAPs, uh, the Microsoft, all the large companies that do, you know, um, business intelligence and really have, you know, all these tools. So that's the first uh, box. And the second box is about all the um, uh, financial generalist business intelligence. And here I will put, you know, all the kind of the Thompsons, the SMP. Uh, SMP has a, a platform as well that does uh, uh, something mm. similar. I can even add PitchBook, which uh, is a platform that a lot of private equity and investors use for, you know, you know, data and stuff. So all those kind of large financial uh, kind of, you can even add Morningstar. So that's the second box. And then right. on the third box, uh, we will have all these niche players that are either kind of focused on startups or private companies and will be providing, you know, business intelligence to them. And this is where, you know, their kind of uh, proper um, competitors are, are kind of located, right? And right. here we are talking about, you know, the uh, the, uh, the crunch base, the Scopi. I found one that's named Scopi, uh, Matamark, and, and, on, and all yeah. those really. But yeah, it's, it's really interesting when you kind of compare, you know, their product and how they really differentiate. And as we, say, as we said before, you know, CB Insights mainly focus on, you know, private tech companies uh, uh, and startups are in the mix as well, customer-wise investment and strategy related functions and in terms of product as well you know i managed to kind of group them into a kind of few categories of six so they do you know market mapping co- company profiling as well target rating with their mosaic platform they do company tracking they will track like all those uh, kind of startups and etc and they do uh, integration they have like their integration tools as well and then finally they have like competition kind of landscape services that right. they provide as well so those are like all the things that they provide and if you were to compare them to third box that i i talked about yeah there is a huge difference right and uh, if you start with like crunchbase for example right crunchbase the price uh, I mean, for CB Inside, <laughs> we didn't even talk about the pricing, but their price is quite right. high. We we talked right. a little bit about that before. Price is quite high, but if you come to Crunchbase, Crunchbase, the price is quite low. It's like yeah. it's not even ten fifty. Yeah, one hundred. It's, it's, it's not even close. It's not yeah, even it's one hundredth of um, right. uh, you know CCB Inside because Crunchbase is like five hundred per uh, per year, while yeah. CB Inside is like fifty fifty k. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. So it's hundred times exactly. Almost, yeah, exactly. But the service is really, really different because um, uh, Crunchbase is mainly company profiling. So you go there, you will see tons of companies. They have all the information regarding those companies' funding, their team, um, you know, all the generic information that you can want on, on the company. So you will find those there. They do a little bit of company tracking as well. And uh, their kind of revenue, I think, is, is actually around $60 million, which I was a little bit surprised about. Uh, I thought they would have something a little bit lower, but they have That's a lot crunch of base. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Who have yeah. thought? <laughs> That's a lot yeah. of money. That's an estimated one. Uh, uh, but, based but, on... still, but still, like 60 million of yeah, yeah. just doing company profiling and providing links and. Yeah, that that's that's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, they started at the same at the same time. They started mm. one year before uh, CCB Insight, and uh, you, you know this concept called uh, first mover advantage. So, if you are the first one in the right, in, uh, right. In the sector, you have uh, 
you know an advantage on on, um, yes. on all the companies that are coming in because you know you get to learn more uh, about the sector. Uh, you are the first one that everybody knows as well, and etc. etc. So yeah. Crunchbase and CB Insight had you know that advantage, and also in terms of customer, I think um, Crunchbase will have like ten times more customer more. than uh, because CB Insight. You know the price of entry is, is very <laughs> low too. It's, it's, so yeah, exactly. They will have more customer. By, exactly, by, exactly. By and also, if you check, like uh, I think I use similar web to check their um, the the website uh, engagement. So how many people come on the website? The traffic, yeah. Yeah, the traffic and the The one of Crunchbase is huge, man. It's millions and million while. Uh, I think around 2 million I saw. Or CB Insight was, you know, in hundreds, really. Uh, So, yeah, Yeah. so that's the difference between those two. Um, And and also, I came across, like, a French company called Scopi. And them, they are just focused on startups, really. Mm. Focus on startup. They do company profiling. Uh, they do a little bit of competition landscape as well. And they integrate their solution, integrate quite well as well with customers, um, customer solution. But they are very small. They, they seem to be, the revenue seems to be at around like 2 million. I came across quite a few companies that went bankrupt as well, uh, that were doing the same thing. <laughs> and uh, one last one that I found quite interesting as well was uh, Matamark that does, you know, similar thing, focus on, you know, startups, uh, company profiling, you know, company rating, they do rating as well. And their revenue is like very, very little, less than one million. So, uh, I mean, those are the companies that I, I found. So I said before, three three type of companies, you know, the large uh, corporations, um and then after that, you have the kind of the, the 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 financial generalist, and then after that, you have you know the real uh, kind of niche uh, startup and private co- private companies kind of players, uh, you know that we talk about CB inside etc. Yeah. etc. So yeah, yeah, that, that, I mean, that makes me it makes me think about you know the choices that you make when you have a company and uh, the kind of customers that you want. I know we spoke a little bit about it before, but. Mm-hmm. If we compare these two, is like for for people who are already in tech, or even if you have a phone, this is basically comparing Apple and uh, iOS and Android, right? Yeah. Uh, CB Insight is iOS, and uh, Crunchbase is Android, <laughs> and both both are like one is extremely expensive, and one is like um, the price of entry is like pretty low. Everybody can afford it. But they are kind of doing the same revenue, almost. <laughs> That's very impressive. Yeah. Especially in a business like the market intelligence, yeah. business intelligence uh, um, market. You, you yeah. Know, it's, uh, yeah. It's very yeah. I, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. There is uh, this formula that has always fascinated me, right? It's called the wealth formula. And I, I came across uh, this book called uh, The Fast Lane Millionaire. Right. And uh, really, is basically, is about value add multiplied by the volume. And the value add would determine the price. So value add is basically the, the price. So what mm. this guy is saying, basically, if you create a company, the service that you are providing to people, that's going to be, you know, the, the value add. And if the value right. add is big, you can have, you know, a big price. And if you manage to get uh, a big volume, right. you, are, you are in the billions. If the... You know, if the value add is low, but you manage to get a lot of volume, you are in the millions, and then etc. etc. But you, 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 you see what I'm saying. So basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. for a CB Insight, the value add is big, right? And the volume is low, low. and they are in the yeah. millions. You know, and <laughs> for the for um uh what's the name for Crunchbase, Crunchbase. is the opposite. The value add is very low, but the volume is huge. So <laughs> they are like. Uh, on par so right. yeah that's uh, that's a good one um i mean be, i mean besides you know you know the the whole competition landscape right one thing that i wanted to mention as well is about uh their you know the kind of um a barrier to barrier to entry into this market right because that's going to determine how competitive the space is right, right. Uh, i mean i'm not specialist in uh, business intelligence but uh, i think in terms of initial investment if you want to create like a a business intelligence platform is is something which is not is like medium i think is not like huge amount of money like uh i, I, I don't know like a building a plane or whatever i know right, it's, right, right. it's consequent but it's not yeah it, it's not like a huge amount of of money 
Uh, I think yeah. the key things will be about, as, as we said before, data source. So yep. th- I think that's going to be like the, you know, the challenging part and that will raise kind of the barrier to entry to this uh, industry. So having like all those data source and making sure that you get the right data, I think that that's the really, really tricky part. But overall, what I want to say on the barrier of entry is that it's not, it's not low and it's not high neither. So it should right. be something like, you know, s- something very, something medium, like, Something average, so uh, you know, based on you know what I've read, that's that, that's what I can say about that. But yeah, yeah, and and uh, what I'm going to say now is not like directly related to business intelligence, mm-hmm. but it's uh, when we can we talk about like uh, people who are economists, for example. Some of them who had like a very long careers are now like the the one that put their name out there, right? They have their own research firms, and sometimes mm-hmm. they are the only one managed managing them like they are they are the main figures like they are the only person working there or or is a very small team right so i i know two of them one of them is called david rosenberg uh i think he manages uh rosenberg research he's he's on twitter a lot and uh there is another one um i'm, I'm trying to remember the name but for example for those people they do their own market research, not necessarily business intelligence, but they are more focused on the stock market, the economy, uh, and uh, basically geopolitical, microeconomic environment and stuff like that. And they they do a lot of good research and they write, you know, uh, blogs about what is going on in the market, how they try to predict how yeah. things are going to go and all that stuff. Those people also make more than a million a year on their own just mm-hmm. doing research and writing yeah. about it or and they do this to a certain point where like the big media like fox news C- cnbc all those people call them as a consultant when they are doing their uh, their shows they call them yep. to come and and talk and and give their perspective so I, what i will say is i'm not going to say anybody can start this kind of thing mm-hmm. but if you have enough interest right you can carve a niche for yourself and do it as well and this i think can be applied to many 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 sectors like if you take maybe if we take uh, somebody like this youtuber for for example marques brownlee right Mm -hmm. we can say that he's doing something similar in tech in uh, consumers tech right where he's doing his deep research into this tech product and reviewing them, you know, making videos about them, right? So it's, it's just about the interest. And, and the barrier of entry, if you niche it down to a very low level, I don't think the barrier entry is, is like you don't need to be 80 million uh, revenue, right? But if you look at those people like Michael Brandley, those people are, I'm sure they are clearing at least 10 million every year, right? So... Mm-hmm. Is I I guess it's just about how much interest a person has, yeah, yeah. How niche it is. Like you, yeah. I'm sure someone out there can do this for like uh, the, you know, the onion market or <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, out of the po- po- potato market or something like that, right? So, yeah, yeah. That, that's I my, mean, my view on this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what what I would say is that you can just you know take the same idea or take the right. same uh, business model, right? And then apply right. it to another sector. Because uh, what he's doing, what uh, um, Anand is doing is just a focus on tech, right? right. Tech and investment, a combination of, of those, right? You take it and you apply it to another sector because overall, all everybody, I mean, all we know, right, regarding private uh, private um, private companies is that it's really, really difficult to find information on them. And, uh, you know, there are investors and um uh, companies out there that are paying tons of money, money. to do yeah. what you call like preliminary uh, market research. So you, you usually before all the acquisition and stuff like that, even before getting into the bidding process, any of these companies will do what they call preliminary uh, research. So this preliminary research doesn't go too deep. So it's, right. it's just basically to have a taste or a feel of the market and really understand it so that you can at least uh, make like bidding decisions. So those small kind of 
preliminary research project are very expensive normally. And uh, I guess that's actually one of the reasons why he's able to charge this, uh, this, um, uh, this type of money because those preliminary research are more expensive than this. It's like triple, quadruple this money. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you can just pick that and then apply it to, to, to another sector. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, let's let, let's talk a little bit now about the future, right? Where do you see this company going forward? What's your kind of I don't know prediction? Prediction. <laughs> Something that AI can't do. So yeah, <laughs> I think the fact that um, they are using AI and uh, they are aware because just hearing the CEO talk, he he knows that <laughs> the data is gold for him. So the data he has collected over the years is is the gold, is what differentiates the company. So it has to be protected at all costs, yeah. right? So that's one thing. So I think as far as he's able to protect that and uh, able to find more people in, in more customers, because we, we know that tech, tech is just going to get better and better. A lot of uh, progress in the last 20 years have been in tech. If you take tech and you take other sectors like healthcare, yep. uh, you know, um, agriculture, anything else, right? Mm-hmm. There has been way more progress in tech than anywhere else. Yeah, so you are, you, you are biased, right? Because you are in tech. Uh, yeah, I, I am because <laughs> I, I follow tech closely, right? I'm pretty sure that if you look at tech, right, and the impact that it has on people's life compared to other sectors right and you see the 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 innovation in tech and you compare it to, to other sectors when you talk about how much innovation is happening mm-hmm. tech tech is by far like w- way better in comparison to to the other other sectors right yeah unless you have an example to give me but <laughs> <laughs> this is was, my assumption I, i'm gonna yeah. go off this assumption right okay, so okay. for him to be in the tech space that's already a good thing. It's a good, it's a good place to be because the numbers don't lie. When you look at the big competitors that he has as well, right? The crunch base and, and, and uh, pitch, pitch desk or pitch deck or, or whatever the name is, uh, right? Uh, pitch book. Pitch book, right? They are also making some money, right? And their revenue, even though there is a little bit of competition, their revenue is uh, kind of comparable. So I think that area is going to continue to grow. But for me, the big fear is that someone can come right now, write a very specialized AI and disrupt whatever they're doing. If someone is really determined to compete with them and the I mean, person, and, and, and it's going to depend on where the person is coming from. Like, let's say someone is working in the VC world, right? Someone is coming from that world, right? That person already has like a good um, view of the landscape. And if you are already in that niche or that that, uh, environment, access to that data is going to be a little bit easier for you. And if you are really good at machine learning, I think you can build something comparable. But it's going to be tough. Right? Um, you have to spend millions and millions, <laughs> basically. So let me, let, 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 me, let me jump on what you, you said, let's say one by one. So I will start with the last one. Okay. I would say I disagree a little bit. I know that it could be quite easy. Not easy, but it could be a little, like, it could be not difficult. Let me say that. Not difficult, not too difficult to build this thing if someone were to write like a very good AI. But the other side of this business, uh, you know, based on all the things that we've talked about is uh, regarding all the good decisions that they've made in terms of like strategy. Right. And uh, I also think that they seem to have built a really good relationship with their customers because uh, mm-hmm. seeing all those success stories on their website and stuff, based on the fact that they are, you know, um, they have like not too many customers compared to like Crunchbase, for example. Right. I think those things, right, in business have a worth and you can't just come with like a new shiny product and expect everyone to jump on your, on your, on your bad, on your, that's um, a good point. <laughs> on your, yeah, I mean, in, in your car. So someone right. else can, can come, you know, the company can be competitive, but as long as CB insight is remain true to their value, uh, you know, keep investing uh, uh, in their AI, uh, in their kind of data sourcing, 
uh, and then having a, a really good relationship with their customers, I think they can they can remain there. And even I think even now their margin should be quite high. So if you know there is a new player on the market, they can even play with those margin by decreasing their prices a little bit. Yeah, and, or they can just uh, buy them exactly. because they have so their revenue. <laughs> I think they have they have a little bit of leverage, I would say. Uh, but I totally understand what you what you mean. So that's what I would say. But on my side, right. Um, when I think about their future, uh, what I see is that they will have uh, maybe two or three choices to make, right? I think the first one would be, I don't know what the owner Anand has uh, in his mind, but uh, the obvious one would be being acquired by another company. And mm. for that, I see few acquirers there. So I would say, um, you know, we talk about the kind of financial generalist that doing right. like business uh, intelligence. Yeah. So if you take I don't know SMP Capital IQ for example, they are the arm of SMP that does a similar thing but for public companies. Right. So they would love, for example, to improve their you know uh, services for like you know private companies mm-hmm. and uh, uh, startups and stuff. So they can jump on this and and try to buy them. Though uh, you know SMP Capital IQ, their their worth is you know their valuation is very very low. Uh, but you know, uh, I'm sure SNP or Morningstar or you know the the others can pull that. The big ones, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, besides those ones, even the global uh, corporations, I don't know, maybe uh, um, SAP or one of those would would like to jump on that idea, for example. So that's one route. And the second one is uh, for the company to kind of, you know, continue growing and then a few years go public. And, uh, you know, when, when the market is right, they can go public and, uh, you know, the, the, the owner can, can, uh, you know, reap some of, uh, his, um, <laughs> his, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, his hard work. The fruits of his hard work. Yeah. Exactly. So that would be, you know, the second, the, you know, the second route that I have uh, for them. But yeah, o- overall, I would say that, you know, you know the the company has a, quite a bright future, and uh, you know the fact that they carve out a niche for themselves and they are very innovative as well. I think they they will they they, they will do well. Uh, I mean, in terms of like advice for the the management is what I would say is I think it's something that I've said before. Actually, is is mainly about you know going a little bit more towards uh, that kind of predictive analysis part which is a little bit into like business analytics so they need to do maybe a little bit a little bit more of that and that will really differentiate them even more uh, compared to the, their their uh, competitors crunch base and etc etc and uh yeah just keep doing what, what you're doing now because you are doing really really great so um yeah, yeah we, we are that's fans of yours Anand. So <laughs> <laughs> if one day <laughs> if you want to get on our podcast we will be happy to have you <laughs> yeah that's cool yeah yeah he's um his twitter feed are crazy though <laughs> yeah very very good uh twitter feed cool i think um i think that's it it's a wrap me and my buddy we make it all of this money yeah i know it's rude to be bragging they never catching a slack me and my buddy Working hard for this money